Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. James Blind is engineering and producing today's program. And um, he'll be joining me in the second half of this first hour to take a look at the lighter side of the news. Also in the second hour, the Christian Outlook, we'll hear from Joni DeBrito. She is from Focus on the Family. She's going to talk about the leading cause of death among teens, which today is suicide. We'll also share my conversation with Luke Cirillo from First Image, the network of pregnancy centers here in the Portland metro area, and the overheated rhetoric that's impacting the work of PRCs all across the country. We'll hear from Brad Littlejohn, fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center, about the stress and anxiety caused by skyrocketing inflation. And is there a distinctly Christian response to all of that? That's all part of the Christian outlook and more coming up in the second hour of today's program. Well, here's some, well, news. Uh, from the grocery store to the gas pump, inflation is nearly impossible to escape. Yet, as it count to, it continues to climb, some states are faring a little better off than others. Oregon is the fifth Hardest hit state by inflation across the country. Uh, here are the top 10. Mississippi at number one, Kansas at two, Alabama at three, Georgia and Tennessee at four and five, respectively. Missouri at six, Iowa at seven, West Virginia, Indiana, Arkansas. The top 10 cheapest states to live uh, in as the inflation surges. That's according to CNBC's exclusive America's top states for business study. Vancouver, Washington, named one of the worst cities for renters during this season. Uh, meanwhile, the inflation is hitting these 10 states the hardest. Hawaii, number one. New York, number two. California, number three. Massachusetts, four. And yes, Oregon at number five. Alaska, five, or rather six. Maryland at seven. Connecticut, eight. Rhode Island and Vermont, nine and ten, respectively. Well, President Biden was seen greeting Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman on Friday with a fist pump during his first trip to the Middle East. The greeting came amid speculation over whether the president would shake the hand of bin Salman, who approved the 2018 operation that killed journalist Jamal Khashoggi, according to U.S. intelligence assessments. Khashoggi, who was a Washington Post columnist, was killed after entering the Saudi consulate in Istanbul to collect documents for his wedding. And while campaigning in 2019, you might recall, then-candidate Biden called Khashoggi's death flat-out murder and called for consequences. There's very, very little social redeeming value in the present government in Saudi Arabia, he said in 2019 at a Democratic debate. They have to be held accountable. Uh, in 2020, two years after the journalist was murdered, Biden released a statement calling for accountability and saying as president, he would reassess our relationship with the kingdom. He referred to Saudi Arabia as a pariah nation. So this was a rather interesting reunion uh, under those circumstances. And given the fact the president is uh, coming to ask Saudi Arabia to come to the aid of United States consumers. 
Well, Senator Manchin has issued some demands. The key Democrat senator delivered a major blow to one of his party's top election year priorities. The senator and his staff told Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer unequivocally Thursday that he's only willing to support a reconciliation bill in August that includes a provision to lower prescription drug prices and a two-year extension of subsidies for the Affordable Care Act. He was explicit that he won't support a bill before the midterms with any provisions on energy and climate or closing tax loopholes exploited by the wealthy and biggest corporations, despite his support for those specific things during months of negotiations. Democrats had hoped to pass a sweeping package to tout during the midterm elections. Just temporary. Since the Biden administration called inflation transitory, the U.S. has seen 13 straight months of soaring costs. So many issues at stake. President Biden's goal in Jeddah, according to Middle East experts, is to reduce prices at the gas pump for U.S. consumers. In exchange for a drop in fuel costs, the Gulf nations want the world's most powerful military, at least for now, to deter the Iranians from our, from acquiring nuclear weapons and halt their terrorist activities in the region. After then, candidate Biden vowed to make Saudi Arabia a pariah nation during the 2020 election campaign. He faced an uphill and will face an uphill battle to repair that tattered relationship between the kingdom and the U.S. Ivana Trump has died. The former president's ex-wife dead at 73 after being found unconscious in her apartment near the bottom of a staircase. Saying the election was lost, not stolen, a prominent conservative group released results of their investigation into the 2020 election and say and claims of fraud. The LADA, George Gascon, is seeking a California Supreme Court appeal in the battle over charging three strikes cases. And once in a generation, the media is taking notice as Hispanics ditch the Democratic Party with a political realignment. Where it settles will be an interesting thing to observe. Exploiting family ties, a GOP lawmaker exposes how President Biden's brother allegedly peddled influence using the Biden name in the Middle East. Challenging San Francisco's authoritarian oversight, an advocate issued a warning about San Francisco's plan to surveil private security cameras. San Francisco's plan to allow police officers access to real-time private security cameras would be ineffectual at stopping crime and a violation of people's rights, a surveillance technology oversight advocate says. Well, San Francisco's new district attorney, Brooke Jenkins, proposed rules that would allow the police department to tap into privately owned security cameras and camera networks to live monitor significant um, events with public safety concerns and ongoing felony or misdemeanor violations. In a social media saga, what happened this past week and what's ahead as Twitter takes Elon Musk to court? Well, Columbia University law professor Eric Talley says that Twitter's uh, case looks pretty strong on liability. Most of Mr. Musk's offering offered reasons, rather, that he should be able to walk uh, from the deal because Twitter misbehaved seem pretty pretextual, he says. Yeah, I'm not sure what that means either. Moreover, Tally says Musk has yet to come forward with any convincing case that the bot account problem should overturn his obligation to close the deal. Tally believes that there are three possible outcomes from the legal proceedings. Twitter wins and gets an injunction requiring Musk to close the deal. Twitter wins but is instead awarded damages or Musk su- succeeds in proving Twitter's misbehavior allows him to walk. Well, the first seems most likely, the second, uh, the next most likely, and the third seems somewhat far-fetched with what we know now. Other options on the table include Musk reaching a settlement with Twitter that would allow him to walk away or the two parties renegotiating the deal at a lower price.
Twitter has finally suspended the terror group Ruth sent us for doxing Supreme Court justices. Twitter suspended the group responsible for publishing the home addresses of several conservative Supreme Court justices on Thursday. Of course, the cat is out of the bag. The group Ruth sent us published the addresses of the six conservative Supreme Court justices in May, following leaks indicating the court would soon overturn Roe versus Wade. Our six three extremist Supreme Court routinely issues rulings that hurt women, racial minorities, LGBTQ plus and immigrant rights. The group website read at the time, we must rise up to force accountability using a diversity of tactics. Well, affected uh, justices include Amy Coney Barrett, John Roberts, Samuel Alito, Brett Kavanaugh, Clarence Thomas and Neil Gorsuch. A grand jury indicted the Buffalo shooter with 10 counts of hate crimes. The National Review reports that a federal grand jury indicted the, uh, the white man suspended of um, rather suspected of fatally shooting 10 black people in Buffalo, New York, on hate crime and firearm violation charges. The Department of Justice announced yesterday Peyton Gendroin, 19, was suspended was suspected rather of fatally shooting 10 black people and injuring three others on the 14th of May in the parking lot of a grocery store, Tops Friendly Markets, in Buffalo. The jury charged him with 10 counts of hate crimes resulting in death, three counts of hate crimes involving an attempt to kill three injured individuals, and one hate crime count alleged that he attempted to kill additional black people in and around the Tops grocery store, according to the Department of Justice. Starbucks CEO explained why 16 stores in Democrat-run cities are, well, closing. The Post-Millennial reports that Schultz began by pointing out the fact that many parts of the country have become unsafe, causing the company to close stores that he says are not unprofitable. He referred to Starbucks as a window into America, pointing out that the company has locations in every community that are now being used in ways they were not built for. He suggested that the company will have to change the way they do business to fit in with a very changing operating environment in which customers' behavior is changing. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll continue to work our way through some of the day's headlines. And in the second half of this hour, the lighter side of the news. So stay with us. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Well, confidence in public education has fallen to the second lowest figure among Americans and an all-time low among Republicans. Just 28% of Americans say they have a great deal or quite a lot of confidence in public schools, the second lowest figure on record, a new Gallup poll revealed on Thursday. The poll illustrates a growing national divide over public education that emerged as a political battlefield during the pandemic, with debates over masking, openings and teaching about race dividing parents and triggering intense debates debates and school board meetings. President Trump's first wife, Ivana Trump, passed away at 73. And President Biden discussed the Iran nuclear deal during his Israel visit. The Wall Street Journal reports that the president warned that the U.S. wouldn't wait forever for Iran to agree to revive the 2015 nuclear deal and didn't commit to raising the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi during a coming visit to Saudi Arabia, which he now says he did. Iran has emerged as a central theme of Mr. Biden's ongoing trip to the Middle East as a result of rising concern over Tehran scaling up of its nuclear work, including producing uranium enrichment, 
uh, to near weapons grade material. Meanwhile, multilateral talks to revive the nuclear accord have stalled and a setback for diplomatic efforts to roll back Iran's nuclear program, at least for the short term. We will not let me say it again. We will not allow Iran to acquire a nuclear weapon, the president said Thursday during a news conference alongside Israel's caretaker prime minister on the second day of his four day trip to the Middle East. Los Angeles County is on uh, on pace to return to indoor masking. The Los Angeles Times reports that sustained jumps in cases and hospitalizations fueled by the hyper infectious BA5 subvariant pushed Los Angeles County into the high COVID-19 community level on Thursday, a shift that could trigger a new public indoor mask mandate by the end of the month unless conditions improve. Health officials have long said the uh, county was inching closer to the metrics for a new mask measure, and those warnings are now closer than ever as the latest COVID-19 wave continues to wash over the region. Should L.A. County remain in the high COVID-19 community level, which is defined by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention for the next two Thursdays, a new masking order would be issued with an effective date of July 29th. Italy's prime minister tendered his resignation, but wasn't accepted by Italy's president. The Wall Street Journal reports that Italian Prime Minister Mario Draghi tendered his resignation on Thursday after his coalition collapsed because of differences over how to respond to the fallout of the war in Ukraine, leaving the Eurozone's third largest economy in political crisis. Mr. Draghi's announcement made late Thursday after a cabinet meeting came after squabbles among the parties in his coalition on whether to send arms to Ukraine. The collapse of the coalition supporting Mr. Draghi reflects electoral opportunism by Italian politicians in a volatile party landscape, but also uh, substantive disagreements over domestic and foreign policy from how to respond to inflation to how strongly to oppose Russia's invasion of Ukraine. <clears throat> Excuse me. In Rome, following French President Emmanuel Macron's uh, recent loss of his parliamentary majority, show how, how combining, <coughs> excuse me, a combination of Russia's war on Ukraine and the spike in energy prices and the cost of living are weakening political cohesion in parts of Europe. Tesla is asking customers to refrain from charging vehicles during peak hours to preserve Texas power grid. Tesla is asking its uh, customers in Texas to avoid charging their electric vehicles during those peak times to prevent the um, overtaxing of the state's power grid. The alerts come as Texas grid operator, the Electric Reliability Council of Texas, is calling on residents to conserve electricity during the recent heat wave as the system is being pushed to near emergency conditions. Tesla sent an alert to customers in car screens advising them to avoid charging their vehicles from 3 to 8 p.m. A heat wave is expected to impact the grid in Texas over the next few days. The alert reads, keeping an EV unplugged during peak times can help Texas grid avoid blackouts. The average monthly rent in Manhattan has surpassed $5,000. CNBC reports the average monthly rent for Manhattan department uh, apartment rather has surpassed the $5,000 mark for the first time. And brokers say demand and prices are headed even higher into the fall. The average apartment rent in June is $5,058, the highest on record, according to a report from Miller Samuel and Douglas Elliman. Average rental prices were up 29 percent over last year, while median rent was up by 25 percent 
to $4,050 a month. Aside from pricing out many renters, the increases could have knock-on effects amid broader inflation pressures. Rents are a key component of the government's consumer price index, which increased 9.1% from a year ago in June, and New York is the nation's largest rental market. A producer price gains accelerated in June. Uh, For the seventh straight month, the producer price index continued to climb by rising uh, to a whopping 11.3% in June. Did the Associated Press get something right on guns? Well, the AP recently engaged in a rare bit of genuine journalism. The left media outlet announced an update in its style book, recommending that journalists refrain from using the term assault weapon and assault rifle when referencing semi-automatic rifles, observing that such terminology is highly politicized. The AP goes on to uh, accurately explain the preferred term for a rifle that fires one bullet each time the trigger is pulled and automatically reloads for a subsequent shot is a semi-automatic rifle. An automatic rifle continuously fires rounds if the uh, trigger is depressed and until its ammunition is exhausted. And eschewing the use of the label assault um, uh, or semi-automatic rifles, the AP notes that it conveys little meaning about the actual function of the weapon. ICE is about to run out of funding during a record migrant surge. Come October, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement will run out of funding if Joe Biden's Department of Homeland Security doesn't secure more money. The House passed $839 billion defense bill, swatting down the president's military plans, and an ex-CIA engineer has been convicted of the biggest theft of secret information in the agent's, uh, agency's history. The FBI and DHS confirmed buying and using Chinese drones since the ban hasn't happened yet. Meanwhile, a Chinese firm bought a North Dakota farm near an Air Force drone base. Manchin says he won't support the climate or tax provisions in the sweeping Democrat bill. And Democrats are calling for Schumer and Pelosi to strip SCOTUS of abortion jurisdiction. How on earth you would do that constitutionally is a question. Dick Sporting Goods has been hit with a civil rights complaint for funding abortion tourism and not child care. Uber is being sued by more than 500 women over sexual assault claims. And truckers say California law will likely be uh, will likely make the supply chain crisis even worse. Saying James is free to leave and his canter freedom laid into LeBron James and a fiery tweet on Tuesday over the Lakers stars recent comments about WNBA champion Brittany Griner who is currently detained in Russia on drug charges. In a new uh, trailer, James said that Griner has been in Russia for over 110 days and questioned, how could she feel like America has her back? I would be feeling like, do I even want to go back to America? End quote. Well, James then took to Twitter to say he wasn't knocking our beautiful country. Freedom, a native of Turkey who has been critical of Turkish President uh, Recep Erdogan, responded to James' tweet and accused him of taking his freedom for granted. You call it a step back. We call it a walk back. Freedom wrote in a uh, quote tweet. You are free to leave, buddy, or you can even volunteer for an exchange for her. Some people literally have no idea what it's like to live in a dictatorship. Keep taking your freedom for granted. Pennsylvania outlaws Zuck Bucks ahead of the midterms. The Commonwealth of Pennsylvania has officially banned public officials from accepting and using funds from non-governmental entities to conduct elections. Passed by the state's Republican majority legislature and signed into law by the Democrat governor on Monday, the legislation mandates that Pennsylvania public officials may not solicit, apply for, enter into a contract for or receive or expend gifts 
uh, from said entities. And on this day in history, 1799, French soldiers in Egypt discover the Rosetta Stone, which proves instrumental in deciphering ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs. 1910, the the term rather, Alzheimer's disease is used to describe a progressive form of pre-senile dementia in the book Clinical Psychiatry by German psychiatrist Emil Krapelin, who accredited the work of his colleague, uh, by the name of Alzheimer in identifying the condition. 1971, President Richard Nixon delivers a televised address in which he announces that he had accepted an invitation to visit the People's Republic of China. 1985, a gaunt-looking Rock Hudson appears at a news conference with actress Doris Day. It would be later revealed Hudson was suffering from AIDS. 1996, MSNBC, the 24-hour all-news network, makes its debut on cable and the Internet. 2002, John Walker Lind, an American who fought alongside the Taliban in Afghanistan, pleads guilty in federal court in Alexandria, Virginia, to two felonies, sparing his life in prison. 2008, in an all-star game that begins at dusk and ends at 1.37 a.m. the next morning, the American League defends, or rather defeats, the National League 4-3 in 15 innings at Yankee Stadium. And finally, on this day in history, 2010, after 85 days, BP stops the flow of oil from a blown-out well in the Gulf of Mexico using a 75-ton cap lowered onto the wellhead earlier in the week. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. In a moment, the lighter side of the news with James Blend. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. James Blend joins me to take a look at the lighter side of the news. Welcome, James. Why, thank you. You're not going to believe this. I don't believe it. The day before yesterday, I received a letter from guess who? Uh, the um, Publishers Clearinghouse. Yeah. Now, I had received notice several weeks ago that June the 30th was the day. This letter, on the other hand, says, Georgine Rice, important notice regarding the winning entry and the mailing you'll be receiving within the next two days. This is too important to mince words, so I'm going to get right to the point. Georgine, a notice you'll receive from us is just two day in just two days will include a very important official entry form. That could make you the winner of the August 31st Forever Prize event, authorizing uh, to pay $5,000 a week. So this is a perpetual sweepstakes I've come to recognize. Yes, clearly. It's not a one-time, once-a-year event. Uh, And along with it, we're probably, oh, I I stapled a number of them here, probably 30 pages of stuff. Uh, It included stickers that needed to be put on the outside of the envelope, on the winner sheet, on the confirmed um, your number sheet. And you need to sign here and put that there. Um, They had all sorts of images of the checks that I would very likely receive. And they had my name on them. And it went on from there. Georgine Rice, please say yes to saving up to 50%. And then there's another sticker that needs to go on that. Then there's one. Your lack of response is concerning. You haven't ordered anything by mail from us in a while. And we'd love to change that. And then, of course, they make all kinds of offerings of things I, I just could not live without. One, two, three, four, five, six stickers required to uh, to be eligible. And, James, I want you to know that I am going to keep my word uh, when I announced a couple of weeks ago that I, first of all, had not won the Publishers Clearinghouse sweepstakes, even though I had been practically guaranteed, promised that I had. I'm going to round file this paperwork 
I'm not going to read it all. I'm not going to fill it out. I'm not going to order. I'm not going to put that big sticker on that other piece of paper, the little sticker on the other papers. And I hope you saw that and appreciate that I have, uh, I'm off of the Publishers Clearinghouse sweepstakes. Are, Are you proud? Is there a word of encouragement? Is there anything you can say? Are you speaking? Sorry about that. Somehow my microphone got turned off. Did you? Did Maybe that's a sign. Maybe that's a sign that be. I need to get it out of the round file. No, I don't think that was what well, the sign no, was. Well, no, but your lips were moving. There was nothing said. I was looking for an affirmation. I didn't get it. So just a minute. Oh, boy. Need to do. Yeah, I'll. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks, James. That was a confirmation, I'm sure. Did you uh-huh. know. No, I didn't. That G- <laughs> that July is National Grilling Month. I did actually know that, yes. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk with a grill master next week. It's the end of the month, but still, it's still part of National Grilling Month. And we're going to talk about charcoal, propane, smokers, flat iron grills, how to have cookouts, um, the latest trends in grilling, all the things you need to know about how to grill effectively Uh, in the final days of National Grilling Month. Now, summer comes relatively late here in the Pacific Northwest, so there's still lots of time to grill. But I'm looking forward to to having that segment next Thursday. Absolutely. Yeah, so I hope you'll join us for that. In addition, were you aware that um, Sunday is National Ice Cream Day? I actually was aware of that as well, yes. That that is one that I celebrate. I can't tell you nothing. No, I know, but I celebrate that year round. Do you? <laughs> yeah. I, well, in, you know, it, it's uh, celebrate early, celebrate often. Yeah. In case you needed an excuse to indulge, however, National Ice Cream Day is just about here, Sunday, July the 17th. Now, you can snag a discount or even a free treat at some of the places. And if you, you know, there's a favorite ice cream place, you might want to check it out. Cold Stone Creamery. I know that they are um, offering free delivery for online orders the 15th through the 17th, and they'll be celebrating double on National Ice Cream Day. It will uh, also be commemorating Oreo's 110th birthday. That's wow. also coming up on Sunday. They tasted fresh last time I had them. Yeah. Dairy Queen is offering customers $1 off of its dipped cone on National Ice Cream Day. Customers need to download their app to take advantage of that. Uh, Baskin and Robbins. It's actually Baskin Robbins. It's not Baskin and Robbins, as I just said. It's Baskin Robbins. Uh, anyway, they celebrate National Ice Cream Day with $5 off any purchase of $15 or more from the 17th through the 23rd of July with a code BECOOLER at the checkout and online. In addition, they also debut uh, a new flavor of the month. It's the Oreo S'more. So that's probably in... Uh, Celebration of the 110th anniversary of the Oreo as well. So National Ice Cream Day coming up on Sunday. An Arizona-based grocery store chain broke a Guinness World Record when it assembled 14,400 donuts into a mosaic of the store's 90th anniversary logo. Okay. The store, uh, it's a chain based in Chandler, broke the world record for the largest donut mosaic. I mean, all you have to do is create a whole new category, a donut mosaic. How about a pecan portrait? Uh, you could just put a couple of pecans on a canvas and call it a 
portrait, and there you have it, a world record. Anyway, they assembled 14,400 decorated donuts into the shape of a special logo designed for the chain's 90th anniversary. It's a big uh, deal, and they said they're going to go big or go home. Uh, Officials said the team assembled the mosaic at the high school, the local high school in Arizona, and a Guinness World Record uh, adjudicator measured the finished logo of 902 square feet, enough to break the previous record. Apparently someone thought of this before, which was set in Ukraine in 2012. Kind of sad to think about uh, Ukraine that could do frivolous things back in 2012. Anyway, 14,400 donuts. I hope they ate them afterwards. It wasn't just a big, big waste. Speaking of a big waste, however, a Wisconsin man with unusual skin suction, uh, he recaptured a Guinness World Record by sticking 10 cans to his shaved head. Yeah. 10 cans to his shaved head. Uh, he is um, Jamie Keaton, a.k.a. Canhead or Canpa to his grandchildren originally set the record for most drink cans placed on his head using air suction in 2016 when he affixed eight cans to his head and had them remain in place for at least five seconds. His record was broken by a Japanese man who stuck nine cans to his head in 2019, leading Mr. Keaton or Canpa to his grandchildren to recapture the title this year with 10 cans. That's the number 10. And there were also 10 cans. So T-E-N-T-I-N cans. Keaton, who turned his ability to stick objects to his head into a lucrative career, attributed his unusual skill to a medical condition. I actually have a skin condition that's not named yet where my skin pores literally suck in oxygen. So don't try this at home, ladies and gentlemen. 10, 10 cans suction to his face. And this is a world record and an accomplishment in the 21st century. What would our grandparents have thought? Great-grandparents who just making a meal out of the ground and with the live animals they had to farm. Just a thought. Well, a woman in Turkey has filed a lawsuit against the doctors who treated her for uterine cancer some five years ago because they accidentally left a pair of surgical scissors Inside her body, according to the Central European News, the 67 year old had been living with severe pain since leaving the hospital after her 2010 surgery. And even though she has repeatedly complained about suffering from chronic agony, that's her word, chronic agony, doctors continuously informed her that this was simply a normal part of her recovery for five years. I started feeling pain in my stomach and abdomen and then. Uh, They could never find a reason, the mother of four said. Her life was miserable. Later, she says, I went to another hospital. The doctor said that my body had an inflammation. Later, they told me to have an x-ray. When an x-ray machine started it up, became became, uh, beeping, and a doctor said to me, you have scissors in your pocket. Then they found out that, first of all, she didn't have a pocket, and second of all, the scissors were in her abdomen. Her son told the uh, news outlet, my mom... Uh, didn't carry us uh, as much as she carried the scissors, <laughs> five years as opposed to nine months. We will continue with our legal fight until the end. We could have lost our mother. The scissors were finally removed um, last week. So what you're saying here is she was in sheer agony. And they couldn't cut the pain. Uh, sometimes you got to, you know, 
Snip it in the bud. <laughs> okay. We <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> Do we need to issue a written apology to our listeners? Anywhere you slice it, yes, we do. <laughs> We're going to take a, break, a quick yeah. break. Uh, we'll observe a moment of silence, and then if you'll have us, we'll be back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show, where we um, have repented of our attempt at humor. I won't play another clip of that show. <laughs> really? Nope. <laughs> you just had to say it. I did. All right, you might need sackcloth and ashes now. Well, a U.S. Can I tour. Get holes in them, yeah, so I can see at least. Yes. Okay, because I have a pair of scissors. Okay. Got them cheap on eBay. U.S. tourists fell into the crater of Mount Vesuvius and was thankfully rescued. An American tourist had to be rescued on Mount Vesuvius near Naples after he apparently slipped into the Italian volcano's crater while trying to recover his fallen cell phone. How important is your cell phone that you would throw your you would hurl yourself into Mount Vesuvius? Well, the tourist and family members were cited uh, by the local police because they went off the authorized path to get closer to the crater on Saturday afternoon, apparently to take, you guessed it, a selfie. The head of the uh, Tourism Association in uh, Vesuvius Uh, said four volcano guides responded immediately after one noticed the tourist had fallen into the crater and was in serious difficulty, to put it mildly. In a statement, uh, they said the guide lowered a rope 15 meters into the crater, 15 meters, pulled the tourist out and provided initial first aid after he suffered abrasions on the legs, arms and back. The park police then arrived and brought the American to the police station to file the complaint. Mount Vesuvius, which erupted in A.D. 79 and devastated the nearby town of Pompeii, is a popular spot for hiking. However, it's usually on the exterior and not the interior of the mount. And the reason? He wanted to take a selfie and in the process dropped the phone, attempted to retrieve the phone and fell in. I don't know. It seems like they're making a mountain out of it. Never mind. (laughs) I don't get the phenomenon. And then there's this selfies without sense. People keep risking their lives for the perfect photo. After ignoring warning signs and fencing, a woman dies taking selfies on an Insta famous cliff near Sydney, Australia. Hours after the woman dies taking selfies, tourists still ignore the signs because we always imagine I will be the exception. News that a 23 year old American reportedly fell into the crater summit at Mount Vesuvius made headlines And local police cited the tourist and his family members because they went off the authorized path in order to take selfies. Um, Let's see. I've got I got something else here. Um, The incident in Naples is not isolated. The young man and his entire group exercised terrible judgment in January of this uh, this year. Twenty one year old Richard Jacobson. Uh, was hiking at night in Arizona's Superstition Mountain when he walked to a cliff to take a selfie against a backdrop of Phoenix uh, City's skylights. Tragically, Jacobson slipped and fell 700 feet. Sure, it would have made a great picture, but was it worth it? Another hiker found the young man's body near a, a, a peak Uh, at the Lost Dutchman State Park on the 24th. Researchers associated with the All India Institute of Medical Sciences 
A group of public medical college in New Delhi reported in a 2018 study that over a six year period, more than 250 people died around the world while trying to get the perfect selfie. The conclusion of the study, no selfie zone areas should be declared across tourist areas. The researcher said, especially in places such as water bodies, mountain peaks and over tall buildings to dis- to uh, decrease the incidence of selfie related deaths. You know, you take the picture, a couple of people see it, they ooh and ah, it's over. Don't yeah, endanger I, your life. I, taking I don't a have selfie. a lot of people to look at my pictures, so I don't really feel the need to, you know, go risk life and limb over them. Well, it really is amazing to me what people will do to get a good picture of themselves. Oh, my goodness. I I could recall a couple of weeks ago, uh, a group of uh, younger people um, taking pictures, trying to get the perfect selfie for over a half hour. They must have taken 500 pictures. I mean, you know, it, 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 it I betcha that they didn't look any better than the first one they took <laughs> yeah listen when i take a picture and i'm in it one i kind of don't like taking selfies anyway but i've got a little girl who likes selfies so and i like being in pictures with her so i make the exception but uh mainly because she makes the picture really cute well and she's seven i mean there's a difference exactly. between a seven-year-old and a and a 20 um, year old but my really my only concern is is there anything on my face is there ketchup? Did I leave? You know, did I did I not clean up the tomato sauce? Um, and are my eyes closed? That's it. That's really it. The you know, I, and I'm I'm not a big person about you know the needing you know the the nanny state so to speak. But boy, with situations like this, people are giving us less and less choice. They need to be protected for their own good from their own stupidity. Yeah, and I'm not sure how you do that. You put up a I fence, you put up a sign, people cross the fence, they go take the picture and fall to their death. Yeah, not exactly. a good idea. It's, it's not a deterrent. Yeah, not a good idea. I mean, even the people dying is not a deterrent to other people because that can't happen to me. Yeah, I'm we always imagine it. I'm the exception. I'll be more careful. And yeah, it doesn't work exactly. out that way. Well, here's something. The world's biggest bacterium has been found in the Caribbean mangrove swamp. Huh? Huh? You're in a conversation over the weekend. There's a lull. You don't know what to say. You're on your first date. And you know, <laughs> I really like your dress. <laughs> then you can say the world's biggest bacterium was found in the Caribbean mangrove swamp. And you're in this. You're <laughs> you might wow. as well book the hall because you're going to be married. Scientists have discovered the world's largest bacterium in a Caribbean mangrove swamp. Most bacteria is microscopic, but this one is so big it can be seen with the naked eye. The thin white filament, approximately the size of a human eyelash, is by far the largest bacterium known to date. It's been known to date? (laughs) Wow, that is big. Well, the co-author and biologist from the University of French West Indies and something else found the first example of this bacterium named something, something very difficult, translated magnificent, magnificent sulfur pearl clinging to sunken mangrove leaves in the archipelago in Guadalupe in 2009. But he didn't immediately know that it was a bacterium because it was surprisingly large in size. So once again, we are providing a service to the public. If there's a lull in the conversation, simply go with the world's biggest bacterium found in the Caribbean and mangrove swamp. See, the thing about it is, though, it's you're you, welcome. Since you mentioned that it dates, um, 
I can just imagine, you know, that that first date between the, the man and the woman, and he starts talking about the bacterium that's so large it goes on dates, that the woman responds something along the lines of, I think I probably should have gone out with the bacterium instead. Is there anything I can do to stop you? Are you finished? Can we move on? Can, 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 can we get the meal to go on a Petri dish? Some social media stars win their fame through their looks, others through their jokes. Simba the baby goat has won over the web with his astonishingly large, long ears. They are 22 inches and growing. While the tawny coated kid goat has attracted thousands of followers on YouTube and other channels since he was born in Karachi, Pakistan on the 4th of June. Uh, His breeder has uh, sent Simba's details to the Guinness Book of Records because that's where everybody goes. Though he's not sure it keeps track of such measurements, he's still waiting for an answer. When Simba was born, his ears were 19 inches long. They have grown another three inches in just over a month and are showing no signs of stopping. I got a special velvet harness or pouch to keep his ears. Okay, so he can run and play with ease without entangling his ears. They're that long. Well, he says um, this is the owner, not the goat. He works uh, in the air traffic control department in Karachi, but his passion is goat breeding and he's got great plans for Simba. So it sounds like it's going to be quite a future for he and the goat. Simba, the goat king. I don't think that would have been as big of a hit for Disney. It might have been. I don't know. A Florida woman interrupted an uninvited guest in her bathroom on Saturday night. Michelle Reynolds. This is in Hollywood, Florida. Uh, She said that she went downstairs to make herself a snack. After putting her popcorn in the microwave, she went to, well, the ladies' room. She opened the door and did a quick turnaround because she saw this thing in there and quickly shut the door. The thing? It was an iguana. The reptile was unable to find its way out of the commode. So Reynolds um, had to enlist, well, a friend of Iguana Lifestyles, a wildlife removal service, to rescue the little fella. Uh, they said that he was removed several or that the uh, life, the Iguana Lifestyle Wildlife Removal Service has removed several iguanas from South Florida properties this year already. This is the second one this week, they said. He uh, moved to Mexico spiny tail iguana from Reynolds toilet. Uh, males can get up to 18 inches long with tails that can um, also be 18 inches long. Uh, he took up most of the toilet bowl. And this is, you know, the idea of a snake or a, an iguana, a small rat. I, you know, I don't know. This is just the worst thing to imagine finding. I, I, for whatever reason, have this mental image of somebody having this problem who has, instead of having the problem with the toilet, has it in the bidet. So that when you turn the bidet on, the, the, uh, the iguana is floating on top of the water. It just, it's kind of majestic if you think about it. Hmm. I don't want to think about it. Think about it while we take a break. Oh. Think well. about it over the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try not to. Think about it until Monday. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> we are out of time, at least for this portion of the program, the lighter side of the news. Coming up, we've got news and traffic. And in the second hour, the Christian Outlook. We'll hear from Joni DeBrito. She is uh, with Focus on the Family. She's going to talk about the leading cause of death among teens, which is suicide. We'll also hear from Luke Cirillo with First Image about the challenges they face in the Pregnancy Resource Centers. Brad Littlejohn, a fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center, about the stress and anxiety caused by skyrocketing inflation and fear of the future. That's all coming up in the Christian Outlook, the second hour of The Georgine Rice Show. Thanks for listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. 
If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G. Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ.